It is a wonderful, wonderful morning to praise the Lord. You know, we have the weather, the sun is shining. In fact, the weather was so good last week and then on Friday it turned sour and I thought, okay, this is how it's going to be from now on. But it has gone back to how it was. So we really thank God for the beautiful sunshine that we've been receiving the last few days. It is lovely to be here just basically worshiping the Lord, fellowshipping with you this morning. And I really want to thank God for what we're about to receive. Um, today's title is a continuation from the last time when I shared, and it is the greatness of God's love. This is part two of that sermon. Before I go into it, I am just going to pray again. I know Jean-Marc has prayed, but I'm just going to pray again. Father, Lord, we just want to thank you for this time. We thank you for this word that you have placed on my heart. We thank you, Father God, for all those who are hearing your word. Father God, we pray, oh God, that your word will come and fall on good soil in our hearts. Help us, oh God, to understand your word. Help us, oh God, to apply your word. Father God, we pray, oh Lord, that you will anoint me, Father God. We pray, oh God, that as I share, Father God, your word will bring peace. Your word will bring revelation, Father God, to those hearts, Father God, that is needed. Father God, we thank you and we praise you in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Okay, I am just going to do a quick, hopefully a quick recap um, as to what I shared last week, and then I will continue. As I said, today's word is the greatness of God's love. God's love is amazing. When you come into God's fold, you feel his love. You it's an amazing feeling. It, you, you feel energized. You feel liberated. You feel that you can do anything. You can conquer anything when you know you have God's love. You know, our true God, our Holy Father, he loves me. And you're like, wow, that is just awesome. You know, Romans 8, 31, I said last time, if God is for us, who can be against us? When you know that God is for you, listen, everything is set. Everything is set because you know he's on your side. You know he's by you and you know that he's helping you through. God's love um, helps us in things that we battle with in life. You know, God's love really um, was, um, our salvation was born out of God's love, as I shared last week. John three sixteen said, for God so loved the world that he gave his only son, his one and only son for us, that whoever believes in him shall not perish, but have eternal life. Because of God's love, he gave up his only son, okay? And that is really the basis of salvation. It is because of love. Um, 1 John 4, 9 said, we love him because he first loved us. God first loved us, and that is why we love him. He made the ultimate sacrifice for us because he loved us when he gave up his son to die on the cross. And that was... The, the, the love that God has for us is a love that is called agape love. You know, agape love is a love that it's a Greek name, agape, and it's a fatherly love that is shown to humans and humans reciprocate this love that God has shown us. Okay. Um, 1 John 4, 8 says God is love, meaning that he is the source. God is where um, love comes from. He's the foundation. Um, he's the basis of love. His nature 
is love. His character is, is all about love. He first loved us, and that is why we love him. When we go through different trials and tribulations, when we go through different battles, we see, we sometimes see his love. When our eyes are open, we see the love of the Father in how he gathers us up and how he carries us through those battles that we go through, those trials that we go through. And then we truly know, oh my goodness, there is a God and he loves me. When we're going through those trials, we realize, oh my goodness, God loves me. So many times it's happened to so many different people. You know, 2 Corinthians 12, 10 said, for when I am weak, then I am strong. When I am weak, then I am strong. When we are weak, all we have is God. We rely upon his love. We rely upon his help. And he sees us through. When we're strong, we don't always feel that we need him. But when we are weak, we rely upon him. We rely upon his mercy. We rely upon his grace. We rely upon his love for him to look down upon us, for his face to smile and shine upon us and help us through the different things that we are going through. I also mentioned the children of Israel. The children of Israel, God literally picked them out of Egypt where they were oppressed and took them into a land filled with milk and honey. Were they grateful? Were they appreciative? But God still loved them. He still loved them. In Exodus 32, 1, when, um, it's, um, when the people saw that Moses was so long in coming down from the mountain, they gathered around Aaron and said, come and make us gods who will go before us. This, is, this was their response to God. God has taken them out of Egypt, out of their, their oppressor's hands. He, they have seen various miracles that the Lord has done. They knew that God loved them. He parted the Red Sea for them to walk through. When one of the um, um, miracles that he did was the firstborn son of every child in Egypt was going to die. They had to um, do the sign of the blood, um, the cross made up of blood, put it on their doors so that the spirit of death will pass over their doors. They experienced all of that. But the way they repaid God was, come, make us gods who will go before us. They felt they needed um, idols. They, they needed an actual God that they could see. This is how they repaid God. But did God turn their back, his back on them? No, he didn't. God carried on looking for ways to draw them closer, looking for ways for them to worship him, looking for ways for them to commune with him. Despite all that they, they, they did, despite all that they, um, how they treated God, God was still there for, um, for them because he's a God of love. We do not deserve it as humans. We do not deserve, because of our carnal nature, because of our fallen nature, we do not deserve God's love. But he is always, always there for us. Always, always making a way for us. I also said that when we know that our Heavenly Father loves us, there's a certain confidence that we have because we know that God loves me. We approach, when, when we are asking him for things, we approach him with ease 
because we are filled with his peace. We're filled with his love. We don't come to him feeling timid. We don't come to him feeling scared as though we don't, as though we think he's a bad person because we know he's a God of love. We come to him openly. We come to him with, with such a confidence and we ask for the things we want him to do. We feel secure in his love so we can come before him and ask for these things. But when our requests, when we put our requests to our petitions to, to our heavenly father, it's not always, it's not always a yes. It's not everything we ask for. We get a yes in. It's the same with our um, earthly children. It's not everything they come to you and oh yes, Johnny. Oh yes, Jane. Oh yes, Jimmy. Of course, Jimmy, anything for you, Jimmy. No. We work out things, look, is that right for them at that time? What's that going to do for them? Sometimes it's not a bad thing, but received too soon and it could be a bad thing. So we look at these things and sometimes our children don't understand why we're saying no at this point. And it's the same with us when we come to our heavenly father. We put our petitions through and he's like, no, not yet, not yet. Sometimes we go off in you know, in a mood. But when we know he loves us, we understand, we have that understanding heart, knowing that he's our heavenly father. He knows best for us. He knows best for us. And whatever we're asking him for, it will happen at the appointed time. I also mentioned Proverbs um, chapter three, verse five to six, to trust in the Lord, lean not on the, your own understanding in all your ways, acknowledge him and he will direct your paths. When we know that God's love is there, we know that he's for us. We will trust in whatever he's saying. We will trust in whatever he's saying. Leaning not on our own kernel, um, carnal understanding, our own fleshly understanding, no. But leaning on him and what he's saying to us. One final bit um, that I mentioned last week was about Caleb and Joshua. Now we see in numbers that these two, Caleb and Joshua, that they demonstrated the fruits of God's love through their faith and in how they handled the plans and purposes that God gave them. God promised them a land flowing with milk and honey. The requirement to enter that land was to simply just trust God. You know God is on your side. You know he loves you. So just to trust him, sit back, relax, trust him. Do as he's asking you to do. Joshua and Caleb, they did just this because they knew God's love. They were affirmed in God's love. Many of the Israelites that were sent by Moses, there were leaders that were sent by Moses on this journey to go and spy the land and come back and give a report not many of, they started, but they did not complete it. May that not be your portion. May that not be your portion. You will start and complete whatever purpose, whatever mission God has for you. Caleb and Joshua did just this. May that spirit of Caleb and Joshua to fulfill God's plan be with us. They believed Caleb and Joshua, they believed their loving father. They knew who they were in Christ. As that song that Melanie sang earlier, I know who I am. 
When you know you have God's love, you know who you are. No one can tell you anything. People may have whispers bringing you down, but you know who you are. You know who you are. And you just need to just focus, not looking to the left, not looking to the right, but focus, looking to what God has for you. The other leaders, they were full of fear. They were filled with grumbles, filled with complaints. They even threatened to kill Caleb and Joshua. But Caleb and Joshua, they trusted God. They trusted his love. And eventually fulfilled God's plan for them. In Numbers 14, 24, um, it says, but because my servant Caleb has a different spirit and follows me wholeheartedly, I will bring him into the land he went to and his descendants will inherit it. May each of us have a different spirit to follow God wholeheartedly. Not looking to see what the world is doing, not looking to see what other people are doing, but we will have a different spirit to fulfill God's plan for us because we know he loves us. Amen. Amen. Okay, this is where I am going to um, continue. And I'm now going to share the benefits of our father's love. What are the benefits of the, our father's love? There are so many benefits. Knowing that God loves me, knowing that God's got my back. The first one I want to share is that God's love helps, helps us to seek his kingdom first and his righteousness. When we know we have our father's love, we give him, we want to serve him wholeheartedly. We want to seek him as the Matthew 6, 33 says, seek him first, the kingdom, seek you first, the kingdom of God. And knowing and his righteousness and knowing that everything else will be added. So when you know that you have your father's love, you will serve him. His priority will be your priority. What he wants will be what he wants. And you will be doing that. You will be doing that. You will be doing just that. Just think of those moments when you fell in love. All you wanted to do was just please your spouse, just please them, whatever they wanted. Yeah, of course, anything, anything. When you know your father loves you, you will want to give him everything. You will long to please him because he is filling you with his love. When God sent his son, Jesus Christ, to action, to come down and action, the plan of redemption, Jesus knew who he was. He knew his father loved him. So therefore, he was happy to go about his father's business. He was happy to do the things that his father has put in place for him to do for the plan of redemption. He didn't attempt to seek his own will. He didn't attempt to do his own thing. His heart was simply to do what God wanted him to do. And he perfectly followed the plan and carried it out too. The second benefit of God's love is that God's love helps us to serve him 
from deep within our hearts. So we go deep within our hearts to serve him. As our father pours his love into our hearts, we receive it and we respond with our hearts filled with his love to do his will. 1 Samuel 12 um, verse 24 says, but be sure to fear the Lord and serve him faithfully with all your heart. Consider what great things he has done for you. Colossians chapter 3, verse 23 to 24 says, Whatever you do, work at it with all your heart as working for the Lord, not for human masters. Since you know that you will receive an inheritance from the Lord as a reward, and it is the Lord Christ you are serving. Sometimes we need to be reminded of who we're serving. We're doing this for the Lord. We're serving him. We're not doing it for man. We're doing it for the Lord. So despite what issues we may have with people, we're doing it for the Lord. Despite the fact that it's always us that are doing something over and over again, we're doing it for the Lord. We're serving him. We're doing it for the Lord. Working for the Lord, not for humans. Whatever you do, with it and um, whatever you do work at it with all your heart working for the lord not for human masters since you know what you will receive so since you know that you will receive an inheritance from the lord as a reward it is the lord christ you are serving i need to be reminded of that sometimes it is the Lord Christ I am serving. I'm not doing it for me. I'm not doing it for anyone else, but I'm doing it for the Lord. Another benefit of um, God's love is that he encourages us to exercise forgiveness. He certainly does. Now, this topic, it's a bit sore for some people forgiveness so because some of us we've been through a lot of pain we've been through a lot of hurt and we're finding it very hard to release those burdens of unforgiveness to release the hurt the pain that others have bestowed upon us we're finding it very hard but being assured, being encouraged that God loves you will help us and allow us and encourage us to let go. Releasing unforgiveness, we're not doing it for others. We're doing it for the Lord. We're, in fact, for me, if I'm being honest, I was saying, I, I was this week I was saying it to... Um, my children, that I forgive for selfish reasons. I forgive because I don't want to be in God's, back, um, God's bad books. I'm doing it for me. I'm doing it for me. I want the Lord to be pleased with me. I want the Lord to look at me and say, well done, my good and faithful servant. I don't want him to find blemish that I cannot explain or that I'm refusing to explain. 
I don't want to compromise burning in hell because I could not let go of unforgiveness. I'm doing it for me because I want to please God. Just the fear of the Lord helps me to release it. Also, when I think about it, after all what God went through with the children of Israel, back and forth, back and forth with them, the things that they were doing, worshipping other gods, prostituting themselves with other gods, he still had a heart for them. He still looked for a plan for them. Who am I to hold unforgiveness? And then there's Jesus. He walked with his disciples, communed with his disciples, spent time with his disciples, broke bread with his disciples. And yet two of them betrayed him. Did Jesus turn his back on them? No, he forgave them. Now, who am I? If they can do it, who am I not to do it? And the reason why they did not, Jesus or God, they constantly forgave is because what? Because of their love. An eternal love for us. Colossians 3, chapter 3, verse 13 says, bear with each other and forgive one another. If any of you has a grievance against someone, forgive as the Lord forgave you. The Lord forgave me my sins. God knows the things that I do. God knows my heart, how wretched my heart can be. I come before him. 1 John chapter 1 verse 9 says that if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us and cleanse us of all unrighteousness. Not some, but all unrighteousness. So when we come before him, he does this. And because he loves us, God, God is a God of love. Another benefit is that God's love activates our faith to grow stronger. Knowing that if God is for us, who can be against us propels us to believe the, um, for greater things. When the enemy unleashes those whispers of negativity in our ears, telling us that we are not qualified, we are disqualified for certain things that we have done. We are confident we then feel confident not to listen to the lies of the enemy, but to listen to God's plan. Because we know he loves us. He is for us. And it causes us to grow in our faith, believing in those things that are not as though they are. Walking by faith and not by sight, because we know our father loves us and he's for us. And in due season, he will make this happen. It propels our faith. It helps us. It increases to believe in those things because we know God's, God loves me. You may not love me. You may not love me. But my father in heaven loves me. He loves me. Mm -hmm. 
Mark 11, um, um, Mark 11, verse 22 to 24 says, have faith in God, Jesus answered. Truly, I tell you, if anyone says to this mountain, go throw yourself into the sea and does not doubt in his heart, but believes um, what they say will happen, it will be done for them. Therefore, I tell you, whatever you ask for in prayer, believe that you have received it and it will be yours. Have faith in God. God loves you. Have faith in him. Psalms 46 verse 10 says, Be still and know that I am God. I will be exalted amongst the nations. I will be exalted in the earth. Thank you, Jesus. Another benefit of God's love is that his love encourages us to fulfill the plans that he has for us. One of my favorite scriptures is Jeremiah 29, 11 to 14. It says, for I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, plans to prosper you and not to harm you, plans to give you hope and a future. Then you will call on me and come and pray to me and I will listen to you. You will seek me and find me when you seek me with all your heart. I will be found by you, declares the Lord, and I will bring you back from captivity. For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, plans to prosper you and not to harm you, plans to give you a hope and a future. If God didn't love us, he would not have a plan for us, plan to prosper us and not to harm us, plans to give us a hope and a future. He certainly loves us. That's why he has a plan for us. Let our eyes be fixed in our Lord because he loves us. He loves us, he loves us, he loves us. And there is nothing like God's love. Absolutely nothing like God's love. God's love is non-judgmental. His love doesn't judge us. His love does not judge us at all. Others might. Others might. Because we see in John 8, um, verse 2 to 11, where the Pharisees, they brought a woman down who was caught in adultery. They were judging her. They said to Jesus, teacher, this is from verse 4, Teacher, this woman was caught in the act of adultery. In the law of Moses, sorry, the law of Moses commanded us to stone such women. Now, what do you say? They were using this question as a trap for Jesus, Jesus to order to, in order to have a basis to accuse him. But what was Jesus' response? This is from verse 7. Let anyone who is without sin be the first to throw a stone at her. Let anyone who is without sin be the first to throw a stone at her. 
God's love is non-judgmental. He's non-judgmental. Jesus eventually said to the woman, this is from verse 11, then neither do I condemn you. Hold on, let me go back a bit from verse 10. Jesus straightened up and asked her, woman, where are they? Has no one condemned you? Then neither do I condemn you. Jesus declared, go now and leave your life of sin. So if you're without sin, then you can throw that stone. But none of them did. That's why Jesus said, where are they? Because we've all sinned. The Bible tells us that all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. God's love is non-judgmental. His love is non-judgmental. He doesn't judge us. People do, but he doesn't judge us. His love helps us to transform our lives. So as we draw closer to him, different things that we have been doing that does not align with God's word. His love helps us to leave these things behind and to walk with him into a life of righteousness, a life of purity, a life of holiness. That is what his love encourages to do. His love helps us to be more like him, more like Jesus. Another benefit of God's love is that it affirms our identity in Christ. When we are affirmed in Christ's love, we know who we are. We know who we are. It forms the basis of our characters. It helps us to see ourselves the way God sees us. And it helps us to walk in that. Genesis 1 27 says, so God created mankind in his own image. In the image of God, he created them. Male and female, he created them. Psalms 139, 13 to 14 says, <clears throat> For you created my inmost being. You knit me together in my mother's womb. I praise you because I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Your works are wonderful. I know that well. I praise you because I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Your works are wonderful. I know that full well. When others ridicule you because of how you look, when others tease you because of how you look or how you may act, I praise you because I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Your works are wonderful. I know that full well. That is your answer. He knit, he knitted you together in your mother's womb. Who knows you best? Our Heavenly Father. You are filled with his love. You are filled with his love. I praise you because I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Your works are wonderful and I know that very well. In, in this society that we're in now, you know, people are battling in terms of how they look and whether they fit in. We feel that we don't, we fall short 
of that measuring stick of how you are supposed to look, how you are supposed to act, how you are supposed to be. It's all about how you look. You look at magazines, you look at people on TV. Oh, they look a certain way, but I don't really come close to that. Who said we should be measuring ourselves against them? For you created my inmost being. You knit me together in my mother's womb. This is God speaking to you. I praise you because I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Your works are wonderful. I know that full well. That is my answer. Let's not forget who made us. It's not people. It's God. His handiwork was beautiful. He created us and that was beautiful. We are fearfully and wonderfully made. In Genesis 1, 31, it says that all he made was very good, meaning that you are very good. God made you, you are very good because you are fearfully and wonderfully made. And we need to be affirmed in that, affirmed in his love. Affirmed in that. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. It's nice to know that God loves you. It's nice to know that we can identify with him. We can identify with his nature because he has made us in his image. So therefore we have his nature, we have his character, which is filled with his love. We can identify with him, we can affirm in him, and we can feel secure in his love. We know who we are in Christ. We are fearfully and wonderfully made. We are a child of God, we're ambassadors of the Most High. We are daughters and sons of the King. Father, Lord, we thank you. We thank you, Lord. If we want to receive God's love, there are different things that we can do to receive his love. Sometimes we may not, you know, sometimes some of us were Christians, but we don't feel that we can feel his love. But there are different things we can do. Firstly, if you have not received, if you're not a Christian, you haven't received God into your life, you haven't accepted Jesus as your Lord and Saviour, you haven't acknowledged your sins and accepted him as your Lord and Saviour, you can start by doing so today. Romans 10, 9 says, if you declare with your mouth, Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. If that is you, there's an opportunity to do that later. And you can start to receive God's love. You can start to bask in his love, bask in his presence, get to know him, commune with him, for he loves you. You may not realize it, you may not feel it, but he loves you. Even when you feel you're at your worst, he loves you. He created you in his image. He knows everything about you. He knows how you work. He, he knows the little things that make you tick. He knows you inside out. 
and he's waiting for you, waiting to hear from you, waiting to receive you, waiting for you. Another way to receive God's love is to spend time in his word. Joshua 1.8 says, keep this book of law always on your lips, meditate on it day and night so that you may be careful to do everything written in it. Then you will be prosperous and successful. Psalms 119.105 says, your word is a lamp for my feet, a light on my path. Spending time in God's word, spending time reading his word, will receive his love through reading his word. It's another way. Knowing what he says about us, knowing his plans and purposes for us, we are affirmed in him through his word. And another way to receive God, we can receive God's love is spending time in his presence. Acts 17 verse 28 says, for in him we live and move and have our being. For in him we live, we move and we have our being. How awesome. Psalm 16 verse 11 says, you will make known to me the path of life. In your presence is fullness of joy. In your right hand, there are pleasures forever. Just spending time in his presence, waiting on him. Whether it's through worship, we're spending time in his presence, but just sitting with him, spending time with him, talking to him, listening to those wonderful things he has to say to us. We get to know our father. As the word says, for in him we live and move and have our being. And Psalm 16 as well says, in his presence, there is fullness of joy. Absolutely fullness of joy in his presence. So being deliberate to spend time in his presence, not always busying ourselves with tasks and doing things. Sometimes I'm, I'm in the kitchen, I'm doing work, I'm cooking or doing different things and I just put on worship. And that just, I just get pulled in to his presence. We could do that. There are different ways you can spend time in his presence. You're in the car, you're listening to music, you know, you're speaking to him, you're spending time in his presence. You're hearing all the wonderful things he has to say to you. Through the life experiences we encounter as well, we experience God and his love. Psalms 34 verse 8 says, Oh, taste and see that the Lord is good. How blessed is the man who takes refuge in him. John 4 verse 42 says, They said to the woman, We no longer believe just because of what you said. Now we have heard for ourselves and we know that this man really is the saviour of the world. I have come to know God's love through experiences that I go through. When you see how God plucks you out from one place and lands you in another on a firm foundation, you know, Lord, this was your doing. This is you. And I know it's because of your love for me. Through the journey that we go through, through our battles, through the different experiences that we go through, 
we can experience the love of the Father. You look at certain situations that the Lord has taken you through and you are just in awe of how much he loves you and how much he wants the best, the very best for you, for your household, for those around you. It is awesome. His love is awesome. Absolutely awesome. I can see that time has gone, so I need to be really quick. Another way that we can receive his love is being deliberate to pray and seek his face. And as we're praying, through praying, we're being deliberate to desire him. Psalms 42 verse 1 to 2 says, As the deer pants for streams of water, so my soul pants for you, my God. My soul thirsts for God. For the living God, when can I go and meet with him? Seeking him in prayer, desiring him, wanting him and him only, wanting to know him, wanting to draw closer to him. My soul pants for you, God. Crying out to him, we get to know him, we get to experience his love. Also through serving him, we grow in love serving him in church, serving him at work, serving him in a sphere of influence, wherever we are, serving him in our homes, wherever we're at, when we're serving him, we're growing in love. Mark 10, 45 says, for, for even the son of man did not come to be served, but to serve and to give his life as a ransom for many. Jesus, we thank you. Through worshipping him as a lifestyle, we get to receive his love. Romans 12 verse 1 to 2 says, Therefore I urge you, brothers and sisters, in view of God's mercy, to offer your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God, for this is your true and proper worship. Do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is, his good, pleasing and perfect will. Thank you, Jesus. Also through thanksgiving and praise towards God, we get to receive his love. 1 Chronicles 16, 34 says, Oh, give thanks to the Lord, for he is good, for his loving kindness is everlasting. Psalms 100 says, Verse four, enter his gates with thanksgiving and his courts with praise. Give thanks to him, bless his name. Amen. God's love is there and it fills us with confidence. It fills us with hope. It fills us to um, trust him when we're in difficult situations. It stirs us to serve him with all our heart. It spurs us on God's love to live and have kingdom lifestyle, to have kingdom attitude, kingdom focus, kingdom mindset and kingdom priorities. Everything is focused on having kingdom focus. That is what God's love helps us to do. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Jeremiah 31 verse 3 says, I have loved you with an everlasting love. 
And that is what we are left with. We're assured knowing God has loved us with an everlasting love. Father, Lord, we want to thank you. We want to thank you for your love. Thank you for all that you are doing. Thank you for filling us with more of you. If you are here today, you want to receive God's love. You haven't experienced God's love. You want to receive God's love. His love is here today. I want to pray with you. I want to pray with you because his love will deepen your faith. His love will help you to walk with him easily. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Father Lord. Father Lord, we want to bring those before you this morning who want to experience your love. We want to bring those before you this morning, Father Lord, who want to get to know you, Father God. Father God, we pray for each one. We pray, Father God, that you will help them, Father God. Help them, Father God, to hear you this morning, for you to receive your, for them to receive your love. Father God, have your way in each one of us. As we receive your love, Father God, we can dwell in your presence. We can dwell in you, O oh God. We can hear you, Father God, more clearly. Father God, have your way, O oh Lord. Daddy God, we thank you and we praise you in Jesus' name. Amen.